0: Ah, hello, 2 in 1 day. Welcome to another edition of Off the Dome podcast. Uh thank you all that have listened to um at to my interview with Ed Sherman so far. Um he's a very he's a legend in the in the Chicago Tribune industry and in the sports industry from that matter from a writing perspective. He's been great. Um I highly recommend you check out the interview. So, I'm going to bring on my next guest. Um he's the host of the Waldron Deck Tailgate podcast. Very creative. Uh, My former classmate from uh, this trip I took at school, where we visited so many different places the Canton Football Hall of Fame, uh, the Niagara Falls, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for a class, um, Cooperstown, Gettysburg, what else? A lot of places. Uh,
1: Cleveland even know we stayed in albany one night it was that was an awesome trip we're my name is sam tanaglia i'm a good friend of maddie g's i'm a grade younger than him and we both studied recreation sports and tourism at the good old university of illinois shout out
0: dr raycraft shout out doc
1: yeah i'm really looking forward to being on the podcast thank you so much for having me
0: yeah mr goldstein no problem uh, so I want to get right into this. Um, you being the big Bears fan and all that. Um, they're 5-4, and four, but it, it doesn't really look like a 5-4 and four team to me at all. The fact is that the problem is a lot of things. It's the O-line. It's the inconsistent play of the quarterback. It's the play calling. But if you had to sum this all up in a vacuum, what do you think is the biggest issue, in your opinion, with the Bears that's been the free-fall of all this? I mean, if if I had to
1: give a single one, I would have to say it's the offensive line, but there's three main issues that we have to tackle. I mean, offensive line is the biggest, I think, and then there's play-calling, which maybe might be addressed tonight because we have a new play-caller coming in, uh, Bill Lazor. We may want to talk about him a little bit later, too. And then thirdly, so we had the odds of line, um, the play calling, and then the quarterback play. We gotta figure it out. Do
0: you, do you like Mitch? Do you like Nick Foles? Well, Mitch is How out like with Foles? a shoulder I injury. Like, I like Foles,
1: but he needs an offensive line to play quarterback
0: well. In my opinion, here's the thing about Foles. I think if he had a better play caller, maybe this he would be a lot better. But he's a statue with. And it doesn't help the fact that he's a statue and very immobile with this offensive line. Mitch, at least, is mobile and could get out of positions. But it doesn't help when your other option's Mitchell Trubisky when he just makes dumb picks after dumb picks. Nick Foles, at least, can see down the field and at least has arm strength. Here's my other issue. Like... Um, was the play calling, and now we have Bill Lazor, former quarterbacks coach for the Eagles during Nick Foles' first go around, and was the offensive coordinator for Andy Dalton his his last couple of years with the Bengals. So, what do you think of this move of Matt Nagy releasing play calling duties, and do you think that Nick Foles will be better at, tonight, in your opinion?
1: In for Nagy's head. Honestly, you get fired. I don't like him too much anymore. Um, but I think giving up the pa- uh, play calling is a good first step. I like laser. I heard this week. I think it was on um, uh, Good Day or Good Morning Football. Uh, you had Peter Schrager on your show a few episodes ago. I heard that um, they said that Jarvis Landry. Um, was a big fan of Bill Lazers back on uh, the Miami Dolphins when he was the offensive coordinator there. So maybe he can translate that, uh, his play calling there, over to the Bears. But I still think, I agree with your statement that Nick Foles is a statue. He's going to stand there. He's going to try to make pocket passes. So if we don't have an offensive line, maybe Nick Foles isn't our best bet. Maybe we have Mitch come in just because he can scramble out. But it's just a it's such a tough call right now. Nobody really knows.
0: Yes, I would agree with that. It doesn't help the offensive line. It's terrible, although there is a major boost that Cody White here is coming back tonight, which should help a little bit up front. Um, I want to talk about uh, Nagy for a second. Obviously, he had a great first year in 2018, um, very efficient offensive year. This He could have improved upon it, but took a step back in 2019. And this year, he the, late, the Bears are the worst rushing team statistically and one of the worst passing teams. So I want to ask you this. If Bill Lazor, hypothetically, co- when he calls the plays tonight, if the Bears succeed with Bill Lazor as their play caller, will this be an indictment on Matt Nagy if somehow the Bears have a great offensive showing against the Minnesota Vikings.
1: I mean, yeah, for sure, because you could look at the passing numbers for Mitch and Nick Foles. Everyone was complaining about the um, yards per attempt. Maybe it's not the quarterback. Maybe Mitch's arm is fine. He can actually throw the ball deep. Maybe it's just the play calling, telling him to dump it off to a running back or throw these three-yard out routes every single play. Um, Maybe it's the play calling. So if Bell Lazer comes in here tonight and does a really good job, moves the ball downfield, averages more than five yards per attempt, I think for sure this could be a red flag to Matt Nagy's play calling and just for our team, what he's done here, and then probably his future in the NFL. You can't get hired as kind of an offensive guru as what we thought he was going to be in the NFL if – you can't call plays and find success. So hopefully Bill Lazor can figure something out tonight.
0: I'll say this, um, obviously. Uh, one second.
1: I mean, it's a, it'll be interesting to see, but I think it's a different team than what he had on the Dolphins, Eagles, and then Bengals. Um, but if you kind of think about it, Andy Dalton was more of a pocket passer, maybe not as tall as Nick Foles. Similar, they're going to have their wide receivers, um, yeah, Allen Robinson, similar to AJ Green or whatever. But I think if Bill Lazor does tonight does a good job tonight, it'll for sure be people questioning what were we doing with Nagy for so long.
0: Um, let me let's get to the GM Ryan Pace. Obviously, we all know about the draft pick he made with Mitchell Trubisky instead of getting Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes. That set the ba- the Bears back years and years and years, um, considering the what they gave up at King's Ransom, essentially, for Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, the fact is, he's not been performing well above the number two pick expectations. Um, he did get the Khalil Mack trade and did get some good defensive pieces, but the problem is they're way over the cap, and the Bears have, have salary cap issues. So, let me ask you this. If... If the Bears don't make the playoffs this year, do you think that Ryan Pace should be fired from what he's assembled so far? And do you think he's the main cause for the Bears' struggles? I don't think he's the main cause of the
1: struggles, but I do think he's made errors or not helped the Bears when he could have. He could have signed uh, Quentin Spain, for example, an offensive lineman. He used to play for the Redskins, I believe. He could have been signed by the Bears for help our offensive line problems. It's just some of those issues, like not signing people or even not signing people to extensions, kind of like Allen Robinson should be signed to an extension. If that doesn't get done, people are not going to be happy with uh, Pace. and They're going to start asking, what is he doing? What are his goals? Are we a selling team? Are we a buying team? What What are you... What does he think he's trying to do? How are we benefiting from having Pace in our system? What were your thoughts on that?
0: Well, I'll say this: I think that Ryan Pace has done good moves defensively. I'm sure he, through interviews and everything, he's a good per, he's a good guy. But as far as assembling a talented, coherent team, I think he struggled in that department. I think that defensively, they the Bears are not, is not the problem. Despite the fact they've had a lack of take turnovers, they haven't had a turnover since, since what week, uh, seven against the the Panthers. They have not week eight against the Rams that one turnover. They haven't had a turnover since, but they're still getting stops when needed to. I mean, you saw what they did to Derrick Henry last week um, holding him to 20 carries on 66 yards. That's not the problem. The problem is the offense not giving the defense enough support. And when, and the defense is just so tired of carrying them, the defense eventually gets tired. That's just my take on it. And Ryan Pace hasn't assembled a very coherent roster. That's my problem with him. Um, and I will say this, um, there's not really a clear direction the Bears are going in because they're a sucking team on paper, yet they're 5-4. and four. And if they win tonight, they're only going to be a half game back of the seventh spot if they win tonight. So, and if if they lose, like, they will be... they You have a clear cut. You have a draft pick. You have a future um, for years to come if they lose. Um, and if the Bears win, you say you make the playoffs... Let alone if you win a playoff game, you're going to get a late draft pick, and you're going to be stuck in neutral with the salary cap. So, is it fair to say that the Bears are stuck in neutral as a franchise?
1: I would say so. Yeah, it's the same thing with last year too. They're going for this playoff spot, and they're probably like one or two games out at the end of the season. Puts them at
0: like 14th, 15th, 16th pick or something like that. If they have, they didn't even have a first round pick.
1: pick. Remember? Yeah, they didn't even have one last year, so it didn't even matter. But assuming they will this year, um, it's if we try to go for a playoff spot, we gotta go all in. If we're not, you gotta like tank. And I think I watched uh, Good Morning Football every day. Um, And Peter Schrager, I think, either one of the four people on the set said last week um, that it was the Jets versus Patriots. All the Jets fans, all they want to do is have a win versus the Patriots, but if the organization wins, the Jets may not have the best chance to get Trevor Lawrence, so it's kind of, you got to pick your side, I think, why not, we've done so good all right, or we've done all right so far this year, we got to keep pushing it, I don't know.
0: That's what I try to tell some other fans out there, I'm not going to name names for the podcast, but... That's just what I'll say. Um, now let's let's talk about tonight's game against. This is the Bears' final game before the bye week, uh, which is next week. So let, let's talk about the Knights opponent against the Minnesota Vikings. Obviously, they started one in five on the year. Um, Nothing special. Kirk Cousins. We all know how grossly overpaid he is. Um, they still have. My opinion, a t- the top one of the top two rushing rushers in the game, and Derek Henry, and uh, I'm sorry, Dalvin Cook. Um, you saw what he did against Green Bay at Lambeau, and uh, you saw what he did at home against Detroit. Um, obviously, it's going to be very interesting. The Bears' good pat, good um, defense going up against Dalvin Cook. Um, so, what are your keys for tonight's game on stopping Dalvin Cook and the Minnesota Vikings offense?
1: I think we got to do whatever we did last week versus Derek Henry. Uh, I think we both know that Dalvin Cook is going to get the ball 25 plus times in this game. Um, I think, I think tonight another key for the Vikings is they're going to try to unlock the short dump off passes to Dalvin Cook from uh, Kirk Cousins. I think that is kind of it could be deadly when our if our defense is playing really well up the middle. Because we stopped Henry and he just went up the middle, up the middle every single time. So I think we got to do good versus Dalvin Cook. And I think we got to have Fuller lock down Adam Thielen. But then you you got to watch out for Justin Jefferson on the other side. I think he's been emerging as a top target for the Vikings this year. Uh, He's helped them spread the offense and also... Kind of eliminate the. It was kind of a one-two punch. It was either it was mm-hmm. going to go to Thielen or it was going to go to Dalvin Cook. Mm-hmm. Now they have that third option that could that has helped them so far this year.
0: Yeah, I, I think I think Dalvin Cook. I think if the Minnesota Vikings were winning a lot more games than what they were, I think they would be. Dalvin Cook would be in the MVP conversation. Um, I, I think he's been truly phenomenal. Uh, he he currently. Uh, leads the league, in, and he's right now he's second in the league in rushing, but he could easily be first right now. Um, and Minnesota's offense—they are—they're still one of the better rushing teams in the league, and they are still um, averaging a lot of points. Uh, there and Kirk Cousins, I'll say this: I'm not a fan of him personally because of gross how grossly overpaid he is, and the fact is he throws a lot of picks. And the fact is, by the way. He's never won a game on Monday Night Football. Did you know that?
1: And the Bears are, I think, four and zero in their last four meetings with the Vikings.
0: Right. Yes, they're four and zero in the last four meetings. Um, So, what else? So, what other keys do you have on the Bears winning tonight against Minnesota? Like from an offensive standpoint, obviously the defense is going to try to is going to do their thing.
1: So I think I'll say a few more defense before I talk about offense. Okay. I think you got to be able to stop the uh, run up the middle okay. with Dalvin Cook, and you got to make sure he can't get outside if he's getting a short pass. He's got some monster speed, so you got to watch out for him first. But then I think you got to have uh, Johnson, Jalen Johnson, and then Fuller on the outside. you got to lock down those two wide receivers. Um, and I think Roquan and Trevathan still have to play hard. I think – They've probably been top three on the Bears every single week, it seemed like, in tackles. They both have to just be flying around the field, keeping everyone uh, locked down. And I think our defense has to play well tonight if we win. On the offense, I think it'll be interesting to see what Lamar Miller does if he plays at all.
0: He was a pretty good running back during his times with the Dolphins and the Texans. He was pretty good.
1: He's not a terrible player. He did do well on the Texans before he got hurt, I think it was... Either last year or the year before, um, but Montgomery going down is a big hit. He caught passes, he ran the ball well for, or good enough with our with terrible offensive line. Well,
0: I um, I do think Ryan Knoll will get some minute. will will It'll be a good chance to see for him shine. He was one of the bright spots offensively, even though it was garbage time against the Titans. And I do think that Lamar Miller is an experienced vet in this league. I think he can place. He can do some good damage, and I think the right. Bears are going to be expected to to throw the ball a lot, a lot of um, of uh, throws for Nick Foles. But I do think the offensive line will get help with Cody Whitehair coming back. That does help in in a lot of ways. That does provide some boost.
1: Yeah. What uh, do you know about the Vikings defense? I know they don't have Everson Griffin. Well, they, I think first Anthony of, Barr was questionable to play tonight.
0: Or well, he, well, he Well, let me just say this about Minnesota's defense – uh, defensively, they've taken a step back under Mike Zimmer. Obviously, their secondary is basically gone. Obviously, their defense has been hurt and obviously the loss of Everson Griffin, who's now with the Lions. It does hurt them in a lot of aspects. And Mike Zimmer, we, we all know how very good of a defensive mind a coach he is, how hard he makes a team play. But when you look at the team in general, on total defense, out of 32 teams ranked in the league, they are 30th in the league. They allow the third most yards allowed in the nfl and against the pass um they are 30th against the pass and against the run even though the bears are statistically the worst running team out there uh they're like middle of the pack so they're a middle of the pack they're ranked out of 32 teams they are ranked 21st so they are not really that good defensively um, this year, and I'm gonna cut them some slack because of the fact that they're that they just can't get any that they're they're banged up. They're they're their secondary's out. They lost some key players like Limbal, Joseph, Everson Griffin. Um They've allowed. I'm
1: gonna say this exact same thing as you that their defense is not good. So hey, if we can toss some of these balls up and get enough time to
0: throw, to it's uh, a very it's very similar to last week's Titans game. I will say that it's very similar to last week's Titans game, except met Bill Lazor is the play caller. Um, if you're thinking about the Vikings, they um their opponents they they can put up points though offensively. They put up 34 against Green Bay their first game. Then they almost beat the Titans at home. They lost by a field goal. Um, they put up 31 against the Texans. They almost beat Seattle at Seattle in the rain. Um, they put up 28 at Lambeau, and then they put up 34 against Detroit. Offensively, they've been playing very well. Um, Dalvin Cook last week against Detroit 22 carries, 206 yards, two touchdowns. He's sensational. And Alexander Madison, a very good, solid backup running back. And uh, yeah, and they still have Kyle Rudolph. Who's one of the better tight ends in the league? So I mean, it's they still have the same talent. It's gonna be very interesting.
1: I think uh, you're, we're gonna see a lot of Dalvin Cook tonight, but I will also say I think it'll be cool to see what Lamar Miller does. But I think Ryan Nall will kind of be our passing back. He's gonna get like five receptions for sure, and I don't. I could actually probably see him getting into the end zone on a quick dump. He off did have a touchdown. Right. Or to the left, yeah. He, I don't know. he did Ryan have Ryan Nall passing.
0: Right. Right, he did. So let's switch gears and and instead about the uh, game tonight. Let's talk about like in general. Um, the Bears are only a half game back of the of the seventh spot. Um, so, and um, do you think that they have a good shot at making the playoffs this year?
1: I think they do, just based on what other teams are in the NFC right now. The Seattle Seahawks looked really good to start, but they have no defense. No, uh, it's a historically bad defense. With Jamal Adams back, they're still no better. Um, they got torched this last weekend again. Russell Wilson threw two picks, um, and I, I really think that the Bears have a shot, but they just have to keep, they just got to keep playing. Our schedule looks pretty good.
0: Um, yeah, yeah, I can read all. I can read off the schedule they are at, yeah. at they they're at home tonight against Minnesota then the bye week is next week then they're at Green Bay at home versus the Lions at home versus the Texans then at Minnesota at Jacksonville and at home versus Green Bay
1: those Green Bays are good games are gonna be tough, but I think we do pull one of them out. I think we get one of them I think we beat the Texans I think we beat the Lions so I think this is we got through the hard part that Rams. These last few games have been the toughest part of our season. I think on my podcast, we said, hey, if we can come out of these games not looking terrible, we're going to make the playoffs, I think.
0: Right, and the good thing is, in the NFC West, the Rams and the Cardinals still have to play each other twice, and the Cardinals and Seahawks play each other Thursday night, and the Seahawks and the Rams play one more time. So anything could go. The NFC West is probably the toughest division in football. Yeah,
1: the the Cardinals should... They should not have won that game. I guess Speaking I of that. Possibly say they got lucky. Spe- they, got lucky. Speaking- they played a good game, but they got lucky.
0: Speaking of that, um, let's, talk about, um, let's talk about the, uh, the MVP dis- conversations, uh, the MVP discussion. Um, who was your top five for MVP this year?
1: It was Russell Wilson, but he has not looked good these no. past two games. I would love to see it go to Josh Allen. I don't think it will happen. It'll
0: probably go to Mahomes again. Right, my I'd list. Love it to be Josh Allen. My list is Mahomes, then it's then it's A Rod, Big Ben, Kyler. I'm still gonna put Russell's number five because because without Russell Wilson on that team, the Seattle Seahawks would be nothing without him.
1: Very true.
0: What'd you think of that Hail Mary that Kyler of the of the DeAndre Hopkins catch yesterday?
1: I don't know if you saw the picture after the game, but. DeAndre Hopkins was wearing Jordan gloves. I know you're not a Jordan fan.
0: Um, um, I'm a, i am love, I, I'm, a I'm a Jordan fan. I'm a Jordan fan. I just think LeBron's a goat. I love That's Mike. Beautiful. That was that was a great catch. I thought that. What do you think was better, the throw or the catch? It
1: had to be. I mean, the throw was very nice. He scrambled to the left. He got a, uh, uh spun off on somebody, I think. But you got to go with the catch. He's there in the end zone with like three or four guys right around him, and he hauls it in. Um, It it was an amazing catch. I think that'll go down as one of the top five plays of the year, for sure, if not the top play.
0: You know what was also great? It was kind of similar to the Aaron Rodgers versus Cardinals in the 2015 divisional round, when Aaron Rodgers spin out of traffic and threw a Hail Mary pass, and I think Janice, I forgot who what which name was on the Packers. Yeah, ca-
1: Janis, yeah.
0: Caught that ball um, in, in double coverage. That was an amazing play.
1: Yeah, that was I remember, I've watched both uh, now I've watched both of those two Hail Mary touchdowns for uh, live on TV. I was very happy to say that. Um, but yeah, yesterday's uh, Cardinals Bills game was an awesome game to watch. I think, I like the Bills. I've always loved the Bills. I went, I made a trip out to Buffalo for a Bears game two years ago, and that's a hell of a city, um, and I would love to see the Bills do well this year. I, I think they can. Stephon they're, Diggs
0: They're still, they're still third in the AFC, um, they're still third in the, in the AFC. They still, Josh Allen's playing exceptional level. Yeah. Um, Stephon Diggs has been playing great, and, uh. John Brown's been playing very well. They they they're they're still they're still loaded. it took a Hail Mary from Arizona for them to lose that. Which shows yeah. them how dangerous they are. And
1: Cole Beasley, did you see his one handed yes. elevation catch? I
0: did. That that was incredible. That was that was great. Uh let's talk about um Cam, about Cam the last night's nice game between Cam versus Lamar. Obviously, uh, Uh, It was a big win for the Patriots um, to still stay afloat in the playoff chase. Cam played very well last night. Um, uh, Two questions about the game. Let's start with with the Patriots. Do you think, despite the fact that a a mostly depleted roster and a lot of their defensive players opting out for COVID, Brady leaving, Julian Edelman hurt, Gronk leaving, do you think that Bill Belichick should get some Coach of the Year consideration for this year?
1: Okay, here's my in-response question to you. Why do you think he should,
0: if you do? Okay, when you look at this roster, if you have any other coach coach coaching this roster, do you really think they would have uh, beaten the Ravens? No, I don't think they would have beaten Baltimore with with any other coach besides Belichick. Um, I mean,
1: I don't doubt Belichick's... Legacy as an NFL head coach. Uh, they, but, I mean, they Cam's, Cam. He's not going to throw the ball. Well, they they
0: played the Miami Dolphins at home this year, and they who are right now a great, a really good football team. Won five in a row. Uh, they beat them twenty-one to eleven. Then they beat the Raiders, a very good football team, by sixteen at home, thirty-six twenty. And that game at Kansas City. Um, that, that was a game in which cam did not play because of COVID they lost by 16 and they were in it up until the fourth quarter. They did have that. The one bad loss I would say was at home against Denver. Like they lost by six and they went up against a Niners team who still had Jimmy G healthy and George Kittle was still playing and they still had Debo Samuel and they got walloped. Um, then they lost by three to the Bills. We on that. You've, you've just mentioned how really good and how uh, and how much you like the Bills, and it took a cam turnover from them losing that game, and uh, they played very well against the Ravens. I think with any with any other coach, I think oh, they would lose. They would probably win one game, and that would be against the Jets. I think with any other, I think with Belichick, he's the best coach. Uh, at, Ever, in my opinion, and the fact is that he beat a very good Ravens team. It was in the rain, but they still like he still like clamped down defensively when needed to. And I give Cam a lot of credit for holding on to the ball and making the right plays. Jacoby Myers also played great that last night, and Damian Harris played very well. And I think Bill Belichick—that's what he's known for—getting the best out of. Very obscure players to make them household names like Stefan Gilmore. So that's just my take on it. Belichick gets the best out of anyone.
1: I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's the front runner for No, oh, no,
0: no. I'm not saying front runner. I'm saying consideration.
1: Yeah, he could be considered because they don't have all the weapons and they have injuries right now that they're overcoming. You love to see players like Jacoby Myers playing well. Um, he's on my fantasy team, so I hope he keeps playing well. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think like if I had to give out like coach of the year right now, like maybe like uh LaFever or whatever, uh whoever the Packers coach is, I forget his Matt name. Matt LaFleur. Right now. LaFleur, yes, LaFleur, something like that. Uh LaFleur I would say, and then I would why why do we not think Mike Tomlin deserves it? Mike Tomlin has been a coach in this league for so long. It's a class act. I think it goes to Mike Tomlin right now.
0: I think Mike Tomlin's been doing a great job as a coach this year, but he's he's been blessed with a great defense, and he still has Big Ben, he still has Juju Smith Schuster. Um, that's what my on offense. So that's that's my take on it. I think the coach of the year, in my opinion, is actually Brian Flores for the Miami Dolphins.
1: I like that. I love the Dolphins. He
0: right they, they start. They were supposed to be in rebuilding mode. They didn't, they had a quarterback said in, in, in controversy with two starting immediately um not immediately but 6 games in when they were 500 it was supposed to be a rebuilding year uh they started off 1 and 3 they won 5 straight uh they're playing exceptional football and that's credit to to Brian Flores with his with um the, and the Miami's fourth in the league in total scoring in, in, on defense and they and Tua has been playing very well and I give Brian Flores a lot of credit the Miami Dolphins are 6 and 3 and he deserves coach of the year in my opinion
1: that sounds like a hot take, but it's not, because you're no. totally correct right now. Brian Flores has been a great coach this year, and he's been serving players like uh, Salvon Ahmed yesterday. goes for a touchdown, probably 70 yards. A random running back, you put him in, he does well. He's gotten that defense up, who you don't really know many of the players. Andrew Van Ginkle on defense, he blocked a punt last week. Or, er, yesterday. Um, I think Flores, he learned a lot under uh, Bill Belichick So right. maybe give some of those uh, points to Bill Belichick, but Flores has been great, I think, I agree with you, he's the top runner. And I'll also say, I think the Ravens lose again to maybe the New York Giants, the Tennessee Titans, I think the Tennessee Titans get on track next week and beat the uh, Baltimore Ravens, that's a hot take.
0: It's not a hot take. I think they're very capable of it. Both teams struggling right now, so it'll be very interesting to see. Um, now let, let's talk about, uh, let's move to the NBA for a second, for for a second here. <laughs> uh, this is a very big, very big day with the trade deadline and let, let's talk about actually three rumors, um, three things. Two of them real, uh, one of them is a rumor. Let's talk about the real, what happened. Um, let's talk about the big story of the day, Chris Paul going to Phoenix. Um, where do you see this team ranking among the top teams in the Western Conference?
1: I think they, as well as they did play last at the end of last year in the bubble and whatnot, I mm-hmm. think they're a great team. I think Chris Paul's a great leader. Um, I really like... They still have uh, Gilgis Alexander, correct? He's still on the team?
0: He's on the Thunder.
1: Oh, sorry. Yeah, never mind. He was on the Thunder. I like him on the Thunder, obviously. He's very uh, good. But I've always been a Suns fan, too. Um, got a buddy out in Phoenix, my co-host on my podcast. But I think it'll be interesting to see how... Chris Paul molds with Devin Booker, maybe gives them some mentoring. Um, they have and for sure. Uh, he's always good down low. I think it's a good team. I Dario Saric, five, five seed.
0: Dario Saric. Here's the thing. I think. I think. Look, the Western Conference is stacked. Um, I think they're going to be a seventh or eighth seed. And I think I'm not doubting Chris Paul one bit. I, we all know how good of a leader he is. We all know he's one of the greatest floor generals of this generation. We know that he could still play. He made All-NBA second team. But when I look at it compared to the other teams in the West, um, I can name seven other teams that are better than them right as of right now. Um, the late, the Champs are better than them. The Clippers are better than them. The Warriors are better than them. The Nuggets, who made a big run last year, are better than them. Um I would take Luka and the Mavs, who are up and coming. I picked Luka to win MVP this coming year. They're better than them. Uh, I would pick the Utah Jazz. Um, they're better than them. And, I, and, and they played in the bubble without Bogdanovich last year, Bohan Bogdanovich. Um, and I would even... I would even pick the, the Portland Trailblazers over them because they still have the talent. I mean, Melo's coming back, um, They and they still have Assam Whiteside. They still have Yurkic. They still have Dame. They still have CJ. Trevor Rizzo's coming back. Gary Trent Jr. They are very— um, was I don't it? agree with you that the West is stacked, but I I, I guess I could— I'll pull my prediction back to seven or eight seed. Look, but, uh, I mean, look, think about the Pacific Division. There's five teams. Four of them are going to be playoff teams. Um, four of them are going to be playoff teams. Lakers, Clippers, um, Warriors, and Suns. Feel bad for the Sacramento Kings. <laughs> uh, yeah. And look, the Pelicans. I mean, I'm not going to doubt them in making the playoff spot either. They still have. They have a new coach. Um, it was Dan Van Gundy. who's a very good hire. I'm not going to doubt that at all. I, and they still have the talent. I think they just underachieved.
1: Yeah. What do you think on Zion Williamson? Do you think he's a spectacular? Oh, player? and the
0: Grizzlies. I, I forgot to mention them. The Grizzlies. They 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 could make make it too. John ja Morant's yeah. special.
1: Exactly. Wes the West is amazing right now. I don't know. I think I think your prediction is obviously going to be. The Lakers will repeat, but it's going to be a tough road for them if they do get to the playoffs. Or well, they obviously will, but for any other teams, are going they're gonna play them.
0: What sure. What was your question? You said you had a question. For-
1: yeah, so you started talking about the Pelicans, right? What do you think on Zion? Is he actually a great shooter as his numbers showed during last season?
0: I think he still needs room for improvement. One one of them being he was. Definitely out of shape with encu- with regards to his weight. I think he needs to develop his consistent jump shot, and I still think he needs to be slim down and be in shape. Um, I think he's has enormous all Hall of Fame superstar potential. His ceiling is up here. He's incredible, wow. um, and I think if he was healthier, I think he does de- not probably definitely would have won Rookie of the Year if he if he didn't miss um the first half of the season, so i I think that Zion has that potential and Brandon ingram uh before Zion came back he was he was doing everything he's averaged twenty five to twenty seven a game most improved player well deserved although I did pick Bam Adebayo bio to win that award he's been sensational Brandon ingram Josh hart has been playing very well uh drew holiday, although they're looking to tra- they might trade him uh he's been play he played very well. Uh, Melly Jackson Hayes, uh, Derek Favors, uh, J J Redick.
1: Is Drew Holiday still going to be on the team? Or is he going to
0: signed? I've heard the Boston Celtics rumors, but I I I I I really do not know about that. I think I think I think the Pelicans have a lot of talent. I think now that the Stan Van Gundy's coaching, I think that was a great hire, and I do I think great coach, and I think it'll be a very good fit for Zion's development. I agree. I agree. For sure. Now, let's talk about my LA Lakers, and let's talk about the Dennis Schroeder trade. Uh, The Lakers trade away Danny Green and some other, and some undisclosed picks. Um, It's not officially set in stone yet, but they principally agreed to the Dennis Schroeder trade. So, what were your thoughts on that trade, and do you think this makes the Lakers a legit lock to repeat as champs?
1: I mean, all I saw... Like meme pages and like Facebook and stuff like that. It seemed like Lakers fans really did not like Danny Green down the stretch last year. So if giving him up is fine, like I I, he's gonna be good.
0: I I can speak on not
1: Danny Green. You got the guy you got. Yeah.
0: I'll say this about Danny Green. I I I, we all know he's a very good vet leadership, um, and I he is a was a good on ball defender for the Lakers in the playoffs. He's a really good guy, but the problem was when we needed him to make threes, he wasn't able to do it, and that's the big problem. Polinka signed Green for his veteran leadership and for his ability to knock down open threes, and he was not able to do that a lot of poor parts in the regular season, and especially in the bubble. I mean, you saw when the Lakers had a chance to win game five, when LeBron was triple-teamed, and kicked out to Danny Green. This was LeBron to be the Michael Jordan to Danny Green, Steve Kerr. And Danny Green short shot it, barely hit the rim. So Danny Green cannot hit to consistent threes like he used to, even though he's one of the all-time leaders in, in finals and making threes. Um, for his longevity career, that deserves a great achievement. But as of right now, I think he's expired. And I think this was a very good trade. And I think Dennis Schroeder... I, I would like to think now that the fact that Rajon Rondo, I assume, I'm not going to, I, I'm not going to say it's a set-in-stone lock, but I'm assuming Rondo's going to the, to the Clippers. And from what NBA executives and what everything I've read, Rondo will probably go to the Clippers now that Schroeder did that. But I think Plinka did that as a security blanket because what the Lakers have learned from last year in the offseason was they didn't want to wait and keep waiting just to get Kawhi. You know, they had to be proactive, and I think that's what Palenka was thinking. I think this was a very good trade for the Lakers. Dennis Schroeder was second in the league and runner-up, sixth man, averaged nearly 19 a game. He can create his own shot. He can attack through him at will. He did only average four assists a game, but he 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 is capable of hitting the three-point shot. I think this was an excellent pickup for the Lakers.
1: Oh, I mean from what you just told me right there by preaching to me that Danny Green <laughs> cannot be trusted as no, much as he
0: used to I don't. be and how Schroeder is a good young player who can add depth at point guard. And now with
1: KCP also opting out, he's going to be a, probably a starter and he can do really well in that Lakers team. He fits in nicely.
0: And I, I will say this. Um, I, speaking of that, I think the fact that KCP opted out, I think there's a good chance the Lakers are going to get Wesley Matthews. That would be a very good pickup. And maybe Serge Ibaka. That's just what, what I've been thinking. Yeah,
1: Wesley Matthews
0: is a good player out of Marquette. Shout out Marquette. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Now, let's talk about these other rumors. There was one rumor I found out today that James Harden to the Brooklyn Nets... Um, what what were your thoughts on that trade rumor? Personally, I think it's too many cooks in the kitchen. But what were your thoughts on it?
1: I agree. I think too many cooks in the kitchen is a great way to phrase it. Um, I think the Nets believe they have to have a big three to contend with, I guess, the big two in L.A. right now with Anthony Davis and LeBron. I, I think it's going to be tough because Harden wants to shoot that ball. Durant wants to shoot the ball, too, and is Kyrie going to be just a passing guy, or is he going to want to shoot the ball, too? Are they all going to average 30 points a game? How are they going to work on that timeshare if he does go to the Nets?
0: Also, if the also think about what the Brooklyn Nets are going to have to give up for James Harden. They're going to have to give up Karis Levert, Spencer Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, Awabu Cabareau, and draft capital for James Harden. And think about this. Houston would win that trade. They would, based off a of draft capital and talent. And look, I just don't see it working out at all. That being said, though, I'll say this: I think James Harden to the Sixers would make great sense because obviously the Sixers are going to trade. Would obviously get rid of Simmons, and they would. Deb- and it would make good sense. I think Simmons and Embiid, as great as they are individually, um, I don't think they work well enough together. In my opinion, um, I think Harden and B would work very well. And I think the fact is it provides familiarity for Harden, obviously, with Daryl Morey being the head of president basketball operations for the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, And I think that works out a lot better than Harden with the Brooklyn Nets. No, I agree with you. I
1: mean, I think he goes to... The 76ers, they're probably going to have to give up Simmons, maybe Josh Richardson. But he could fill that role at point guard slash shooting guard nicely there, too. I think that might actually benefit him, James Harden, a little bit more than if he went to the Nets based on individual accolades, if that's what he's going for, and to also have a shot at getting to the NBA championship. Maybe he might have a better shot working with Kevin Durant and Kyrie. But 76ers would never hurt. Joel Embiid's a really good
0: player, and I like Maury a lot, too. Um, I have one more question. Um, It was about last night's game between the Ravens and the Pats. Um, Obviously, we know how great Lamar Jackson of a talent he is, but there is criticism of him not winning primetime games or the big games. I know it's early in his career. It's his third year in the league. But do you think that criticism of Lamar Jackson is warranted? And do you think that Lamar Jackson... Rightfully deserves his criticism of him not being clutch, early on his career.
1: If you look at last night, it's a tough to say just because the weather was terrible. I'm not and
0: saying like just last night. I'm talking about his
1: growth him. career. I do. He he do, I do think he does warrant some um, criticism based on his play because I have watched him a lot, and I really do not think he's a prolific passer. And if they need to throw the ball in the playoffs or something. They're not going to win because he cannot throw that ball well, and that's the downfall of Lamar Jackson. He's a fantastic runner, but when they need him to throw the ball, I don't think they're going to be very confident, um, and I don't think they'll get it done. And I think that's gonna—he's going to have to get better at his passing, or else he's going to be labeled as the unclutch, can't win a player because you need to be able to throw the ball in tough situations to win.
0: Um, score prediction on tonight's game. Non-biased. Who are you picking tonight? Uh, I got
1: Bears
0: 24-20. I have Bears 26-23. Okay. I think it's going to come down to a field goal, and Kyro Santos is going to bail the Bears out. Quietly, there's one great thing besides the defense that we could agree on with the Bears. Kyro Santos has been kicking unbelievable this year.
1: It feels
0: nice to have a kicker, doesn't it? It does. It does. Yeah. It, it It clearly does. Um, Bears yes. Sam Tanaglia, thank you very much for joining the Off the Don't podcast. Um, go, go Bears tonight. Go Bears, my friend. Thank you for having me on. Of course, my man. Take care. Thank you all for listening out there to another episode. Uh, I'll be sure to talk a lot more about everything in depth tomorrow. Go get them.